Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And before we get to our sponsors, Tony, because we have to give them the time that they deserve, the value, the benefit to being a sponsor. You sent me an article the other day, kind of like, I don't know if it was cryptic or not, about I think it was Alan Cross that wrote it about have we seen the peak of podcasts? Yeah. Like what, what were you trying to get across that we should stop or no? We that we're ahead got, of the curve. We're or? ahead of the curve. I I, I really okay. do believe, but but it's just amazing the exponential growth of podcasts. Like there's a, it's something like a hundred thousand new podcasts a week or something crazy like that. It, it's it's really. Uh, blown up, and of course, uh, I would I would argue that quality is not uniform <laughs> throughout the podcast yeah. world. So, okay, uh, good, good. There's no, there's no question that it is a uh, a medium that is becoming increasingly popular amongst many demographics, and uh, people are getting their news from podcasts. People are getting their entertainment from podcasts, and it was just making the point that it's just it, the growth is totally exponential right now. No, that's good to know because if you want out, just tell me. I can't take the, you know, the drama. I couldn't I sleep all weekend. I get this article. I'm like, what's Diva. he trying to tell me? I said to my wife, I'm like, you think Tony's trying to like break up the podcast? Like what's <laughs> going on? My kids are whispering in my ear. He wants out. He's yeah. done. It's a cry for so, help. Yeah. yeah I, so anyway, <laughs> but yeah, bottom line, we were ahead of the curve and, and I hate, I hate pointing this out because a lot of people stop me in the streets and say, you know, do you drive expensive vehicles? Because and we do. We drive Bentleys, and there's one reason is because we're the best of the best. Exactly. Maybe not Joe Rogan. Probably goes Joe Rogan, and then us, and then like Barstool Sports and things like that. So. I think that's the order. Yeah, <laughs> and then Peter Mansbridge, and then everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we couldn't do this show without the support of John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions. Um, you can find them online at MunicipalSolutions.ca. We appreciate. Uh, their continued uh, efforts and being our presenting sponsor. And Tony, I know that you will share a little bit more about what John and the crew do there. And then obviously thank our other sponsors as well. Absolutely. Jody, again, I, I also want to personally thank John Mutton and the gang at Municipal Solutions for being our presenting sponsor. They've been very loyal to us for many months now. And of course, Municipal Solutions is known for development services and project management. That means development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, minor variances, and land severances, and of course, building permits. All of that can be expedited and can be assisted by the expert professionals at municipalsolutions.ca. And then we want to thank our friends at Polytrack, uh, your all-in-one uh, advisory, sorry, your, let me say that again, your all-in-one advocacy management platform. Polytrack offers GR pros, and I know that there are government relations pros who listen to our program, but it offers GR pros a secure hub to store their advocacy data, including stakeholder contact deta details, engagement reports, and key messages. So visit polytrackwithaq.com. Mention and another thing podcast. When you sign up, you receive their white glove onboarding service free, including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out polytrack.com. And finally, we are presented by and supported by the Magnify Video Widget, crisp, clear, 
and clean and secure video collaboration your way. Embed and customize the Magnify video widget on your own website in minutes or run it through your own browser on the Magnify app. It is easy, it is secure, a great Canadian way to do your video collaboration visit magnify with an I dot IO or find them on Twitter magnify underscore IO. And we also have our exclusive partnership with looneypolitics.com. You can subscribe at any time and use the code podcast for 50% off of your annual subscription, which gives you access to exclusive articles, videos, and of course podcasts, meaning we do shows on Looney politics that you cannot hear the regular folk cannot hear them, I guess is what I'm saying. If you do, if you are not a subscriber, you will not folk. hear. Yeah. Only the special folk. <laughs> so, yeah, go to looneypolitics.com today and make sure you subscribe and change. open up your eyes to a whole new world. I feel like singing from, what, what movie is that? A Whole New World? That's from Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin yes. yes, so. yes so anyway, a, it is I, a whole I, new I, world. Maybe someday you will sing it for our audience, Joe. <laughs> I'd sing it right now, but I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, I, I got, I, because we were talking about earlier about expensive vehicles. I do have to share this. Is it Mercedes that makes the Maybach? You know that car? Yeah, Maybach, yeah. Yeah. So I was looking online at uh, some older models, because the older ones are really nice. They still, like, even cars that are almost 20 years old in that lineup, still like $100,000. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah no, those <laughs> they are classics. beauties, though. Yeah. They, they are, are beauties. I remember going to a Canadian Open at Glen Abbey years ago, and John Daly rolled in in a Maybach, and I think it was his own. Like, I don't think it was a rental or a, you know, a courtesy car that they provide. I'm pretty sure it was his own. So That's that uh, very, kind of... very nice. And, of course, uh, in very cottage... nice. Very nice. I like Yeah, <laughs> I live in cottage country, as everybody knows, and uh, we're getting quite a few nice vehicles uh, driving around cottage country right now. So I guess people are having some fun in, in Muskoka these days, which is... Corollas, typically... a lot of Corollas. Yeah, or... <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Beat up uh, Jeep Cherokees, yeah, exactly. Tony and I, our, our vision of nice vehicles, it's a little different, but... Exactly, yeah. You got All right, it. Tony, you have a, a great guest lined up. And I'm going to let you introduce him, yeah. and then we'll get right to it. Well, it's uh, and another thing, podcast. Absolute pleasure to welcome. I think it's our first comedian, at least uh, as as a main job rather than a side hustle that's been on our program. Well, ben we did try to Peter McKay, but he wouldn't come on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> burn! <laughs> let me say again, Ben Bankus <laughs> is joining us. Uh, uh, he is uh, Ben Bankus Comedy. Uh, and he has appeared, uh, of course, on y- in Yuck Yucks, as well as featured in Toronto Life, CBC, New Toronto, Blog TO, and the Queen's Journal. Hmm. Okay, well, whatever works, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Bankus. All right, Ben. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, I hey. barely remember that Queen's Journal article was probably not that interesting, but... Ben it's Bank funny, is threatening. probably wasn't even woke. It, it, <laughs> nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, they would be like... You know, comedian allowed to tell jokes while white on campus. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be a bestseller. Hey, I want to ask about that. That's the first, my first question, because on your uh, website, benbankus.com, it says, going against the mainstream woke comedy narrative that plagues Canada's comedy industry every day. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I just paid some guy to write that. He just made it up. Um, no, but, uh, well, basically I am not going 
to, you know, my goal is not to work at CBC and, and write tweets for this hour's 22 minutes that are acceptable to all of the different, you know, the Trudeau lovers and the Jagmeet lovers that they can watch it and not have to feel the need to email, you know, the Sikh Association of Canada and try to get me cancelled, right? So I, I, I've been kind of going my independent route um, and just trying to, you know, make a name for myself and kind of create my own following without, you know, pandering and trying to get hired at, you know, some Canadian broadcast company that's going to, basically tell me I can't say anything anyway. Right, right. So so tell us a little bit about that journey then. What, uh, how did you get into the business? Uh, what, uh, what launched it for you? And uh, tell us about some of your successes. Okay. Well, I started comedy when I was 19. I'm 29 now. So do the math. I guess that's whatever. <laughs> um, and a little hmm. decade or whatever. Anyway, so when I started, I just did, you know, open mics like anybody else. And you kind of just have to work your way up and you, you know, it took me years. Um, I actually had some other jobs. I did commercial real estate for a bit, um, for four and a half years. I, I sold photocopiers before that. And finally in 2018 or 19, I got signed with yuck yucks. And that's when I kind of decided, okay, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to move home. I'm going to save money mm. um, and just see how much, you know, if I just put all my effort that I'm putting into other stuff into this and see what happens. And, you know, and then uh, four months later, the world ended. Right. So uh, basically I, I switched to doing everything online at the podcast, making uh, as many videos as I could. And then I just started making videos about what I was complaining about during the day, which was usually, you know, you know, Teresa Tam on TV saying that, you know, you can't go outside because whatever, or don't go on a cruise ship. That was her first line. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> that, sounds that, was like her, that was her first speech. Please don't go on the cruise ship. Um, but anyway, so I just started making fun of that and it resonated with people. And, you know, I was lucky enough, um, you know, obviously I worked hard, but to kind of cultivate a little bit of a cult following now. So, and is that like, so you would attribute your success to the lockdown and uh, COVID. So is that a different kind of humor or, and, and if so, is it sustainable post COVID? If there's such a thing as post COVID, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I never really changed what I was doing. Like I was always just making fun of that kind of thing. Um, I think covid allowed an opportunity there were some comics who said that they're like yeah well you because covid happened so like that's how you like got more followers like actually no i just would have gotten that many followers either way it's just i decided to continue working instead of quit like most comedians did um in march 2020 they're like i guess i have a really long break now and i can yeah, just wait yeah. until everything's open in like three years and then i'll get back on the horse it's like yeah no like i'm not gonna do that so can i ask because this is I think comedy is almost in a class by itself. I, I we've talked to musicians during COVID on this program. Uh, Kelly Ogden from a, a, a Florida punk band called the Dolly Rods and Miranda Mulholland and uh, people like that. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, we we don't have any performing venues, but I'm doing this live stream. Or I'm doing this, but comedy kind of is 
different because you have to feed off an audience, right? And if you don't have an audience saying your punchlines to a television screen or a computer screen, it's very difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, stand-up comedy is, um, but there's just so many ways to do comedy now. So I've done Zoom shows. I've killed on Zoom shows. I've horrified people on Zoom shows. I mean, you know, there were people laughing, and then there was a couple people like, I didn't know that this is what we paid for, Um, right? But the podcasting and making sketches and filming sketches and doing the other little things that I do, like like I dub Teresa Tam's press conferences or like I'll dub, you know, Doug Ford doing a press conference or, or if he has a mask on and he's getting, you know, something funny's happened, I'll do like my voice as him over a video of that. Um, so it, you just have to adapt really. It's been the, this has been the time for artists who are either going to adapt and be like, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And then the artists who are like, I prefer the purest version of this art. It's like, okay, well you can do the purest version of that art while you're on Serb. Because there's nobody to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? Yeah, I mean, the, this is some another comic said this, but you know, if you even if you do sold out theaters every night, it's like okay, a thousand people a night max or whatever the theater holds. If you make videos, you know, you can get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views in a in a single night. So, True. trying to get build an audience just by worrying about what your your on stage th- presence is, I think is is short-sighted nowadays right so definitely youtube and tiktok are part of your repertoire obviously yeah i think that going forward like comics are going to have to do more and more and more of that and the other comics in toronto that i've noticed who've had some success they did just that they may not talk about politics but they certainly put out a ton of content and uh, are you finding then that when you do talk about politics, when you talk about uh, Teresa Tam and and some of the uh, some of the the leaders in the COVID fight, et cetera, that's what's really resonating with people right now? Yeah, I mean, I think people just want to they they want somebody to articulate their thoughts and their angers in in a funny way and make them feel like you know, okay, everybody else is also feeling this way because the mainstream narrative is nobody's feeling like that. That's horrible. How can you be upset about lockdowns? They're so fun. You know, so it's like, you know, when somebody comes out on a podcast and is like, this is ridiculous and pulls up news articles and kind of takes them apart and, or, or makes fun of these politicians who I've said in one of my videos, like Teresa Tam, it's like, how can you make fun of her? It's only like she's on TV more than any artist, comedian. Like she's on TV that more than any Canadian, um, you know, personality or whatever, right? She, she basically does a podcast like this every day, five yeah. days a week for an hour and a half. No, hundred percent. So, 100%. so she, be made uh, she, you know, she's she should be fair game. Do you do you worry about well, you're being racist or you're you're uh, you're helping the anti-vaxxers or any of that kind of counter narrative to what you're doing? No, like I don't worry about it. I mean, I know what people are going to think. It's funny when the the majority of people who get upset about this are comedians. Um, you know, they're the woke comedians who didn't make any videos, didn't do anything over this time. And they're the ones who are like, you are being a racist. And it's like, okay, well, no, 
<laughs> I'm not. First of all, Asian people and including Chinese people come to my shows, laugh and say it's funny. So, you know, and, and the majority of people who tell me it's racist are white people from small towns who move to the big city to try and make it. So it's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to what am I supposed to think? Like, I'm supposed to trust like some white kid who, who's doing Uber, who's like, you know what? That's just horrible what you're doing. It's like, OK, well, it's also horrible what you're doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Who cares? But yeah, no, I get it. People are like, don't do accents. Don't do this. It's also like, yeah, well, it's a free, it's, it's supposed to, supposedly it's a free country. So I could do this and you can hate it and I could still do it. Uh, One more question and then I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to Jody. But do you, uh, is that something that you worried about or worry about currently that comedy is going down this road where it is so politically correct and using old terminology, so woke uh, that it's just not funny anymore. Is this, is this a concern? Well, um, a number of comics have brought it up. Chris Rock um, and uh, Kevin Hart. And it's, it's, it's obvious uh, to anybody who consumes mainstream content that it's worse. I mean, if you watch Netflix or you watch TV, even like some of these TV shows, um, or, or, or the standup for that matter. Yeah, it is. But the people who are already famous are getting away with not being woke. Um, you know, the Bill Burrs, the, the Dave Chappelle's and things like that. So it's, it, you know, it, it is ruining a lot of this kind of lower level comedy where you go to like just a little comedy bar and you're like, wow, that was like the wokest shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, why that wasn't funny at all. Like they didn't even, they didn't even mention COVID. I don't think, or they didn't even mention like anything that's going on. They, all they talked about was like asparagus and shit uh, or whatever the hell they talk about in those places. Right. So yeah, it's definitely, it's weirding people out, but it's also creating an opportunity for people who want to just do whatever they want to do to, to, to actually get some uh, recognition. It's just, it's just a lot of work, but yeah, it's, it's possible now. Tony, Tony and I have talked about Saturday night live a lot in in some of these episodes. And I've always been an SNL fan, uh, I think it's obviously ebbs and flows and, and different generations and, and what's funny and what's not. I would say that right now I'm not, I like some of the cast of characters, but I'm not huge on some of the angles they take, but I still watch it and I'm certainly not offended by it or anything. I just think it's like you said, I find it to be very woke with, uh, with their comedy, but I've been watching recently went down the rabbit hole of watching old Chris Farley sketches. And I tell you, he, that guy was a legend. I don't know how much you know about him, or maybe you can comment on your thoughts on Farley. I'm sure you know who he is, but I would love to know if he had any influence or what you thought of his comedy. But I'm telling you, some of the sketches he had back then, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they would have never seen the light of day <laughs> yeah. in today's Saturday Night Live. But any thoughts on on Farley at all? Yeah, I don't think like most most stuff. Like if you watch even uh, Eddie Murphy's sketches where he played like the black. Doctor or uh, Mister Rogers, you know, in the, like, the black neighborhood, and it's like all ghetto, and there's people getting shot. Like they just it, it, nothing that I, we were, uh, you know. There's a channel on TV that plays old movies, and you watch them, and they they'll have like a, a gay character, and the, it's clear that they're making fun of that character as opposed to uplifting that character. And you're like, this is exactly what they wouldn't allow on TV now. So I think you're totally right. Chris Farley's hilarious. Um, I mean, you know, hookers and blow until he died, but yeah. you know, yeah. that's, you know, 
people people will be like, does he influence you? I know you're fat, so does he influence you? <laughs> oh. But no, um, but no, I, I'm influenced by all successful comedy in the sense that even comedy I don't like that's successful, I will like try to at least know what it is and understand why it's successful for what it is, and then if I hate it, I hate it. But Chris Farley's hilarious. Those those sketches are timeless and i think in 10 to 15 years i think we will come back around and there will be kind of a resurgence of not giving a fuck after something terrible happens i guess in the world maybe that will make people less woke yeah i would agree and who so ben who makes who makes you laugh like i know for me like i obviously i'm a huge farley fan um dave Chappelle, you already mentioned like i i laugh hysterically at his stuff aziz and sorry like his netflix special oh he's great i just i just cannot stop laughing because of what he says but like who makes you laugh um i really like tim dylan uh i don't know if you know tim dylan he's like a u.s comic who's grown a ton in the last few years he's been a regular guest on joe rogan and he's like the third highest patreon earner on the website wow um he's he's hilarious uh he's he's also uh fat and he's gay and he's uh he's he tries to be a very balanced but you know he's kind of he's right leaning on a lot of things he's you know he's left leaning on some things but he's super funny i like uh andrew schultz is funny shane gillis shane gillis is the guy who uh got hired at snl for about 10 minutes before they went through <laughs> oh, his pod- they went through his twitter feed or whatever <laughs> Yeah, they went yeah, and listened to his podcast, and yeah. he said uh, the some bad word for Asians. Um, but it was in the context of making fun of somebody who was saying it. But either way, he got axed, and uh, but that kind of started his career. And and he has a successful podcast, uh, Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast, and they have a Patreon, and and that's kind of the way comedy is going right now. Is like, yeah, you can find the Chappelles and all that stuff on Netflix. But if you want to find good comedy now, you kind of have to like it's going to be somebody who's probably doing it on their own through Patreon or, you know, YouTube views or whatever it is to make money. Because the funniest people right now are not being uh, lifted by the mainstream media. Joe Rogan is essentially our, um, you know, Johnny Carson. Yeah, right. he's, like, he's, the jug, he's the juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not on his show, then you're kind of SOL. Interesting. Now, do you, is uh, Patreon, is that, that's working for you uh, as a uh, means of financial support? Yeah. Um, if folks are listening to this, they want to listen to my podcast, the Ben Bankus podcast. Um, there's always links in, in in the description to to support on Patreon. I think it's essential now if you're doing some sort of art to be, you know, you, it, whether it's Patreon. I think there's a few other um, Rockfin. There's a few other websites that do it, uh, it, it where you can give people bonus po- content that they pay for. I think it's essential now. Um, is it working out for me? It's uh, you know I'm doing okay on it. Um, sure. I'm you know, doing probably better than 90% of Canadian comics on it, um, which is sad because I don't have a lot of patrons, but we're getting there. It's basically the road to a thousand patrons. Cause if you can get a thousand people on there, you know, I have almost 10,000 on Instagram. So once you get to a thousand people, I think you can kind of sustain 
the growth because you have that, um, you know, thousand people giving you five to 10 bucks a month, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a a chip in here, chip in there, and then you can, you can get a steady stream of income for sure. For sure. I mean, do you, do you feel that uh, Canadian comics and Canadian comedy is a cut above, you know, there's just so much success with Canadian comics in the U S worldwide, that kind of thing. Is there something special about that or or how, how did that happen? Well, there's a couple of reasons why that happens. I don't think Canadians are ahead of the curve or anything like that. I think that it's, you know, there's the, the Canadian landscape allows for someone who has talent to move up fairly fast considering they, um, you know, they don't, you know, there isn't a ton of competition really. Mm -hmm. Right. There's only so many people doing comedy and yuck yucks who basically runs, you know, uh, kind of a meritocracy or it was a meritocracy at one point on comedy um, because they had the most clubs. And if you work with them, then you're not going to work with anybody else. So if you're killing it, um, you know, like it's showbiz, right? So if they're like, this guy is killing it, they're going Mm. to up, you know, lift you up. um, And, you know, you can get a ton more experience doing stand-up in Canada if you're working your ass off than in the States, especially at the beginning. Um, just because, like I said, there's not as much competition. Um, there's still big cities to go do stand-up in. Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Even Halifax has a pretty decent scene. So it's it's a combination of that experience that you're allowed to get um, and the fact that if you get with Yuck Yucks, uh, you get even more experience and exposure so when you go to the States, you're actually more seasoned than a lot of those folks right? and, and seasoned in front of an actual audience is not just doing like a bunch of open mics. So I think that's why. When you were doing live stand up, and hopefully you'll be, I think you've, you're already starting to book gigs again. What was the craziest thing that happened at a live stand up act for you? Um, I've been like slapped in the face. Uh, I've been, uh, I don't know, yelled at. All kinds of stuff. Slap the slap in the, in the face. face was, that was pretty wild. That was in Whitby. We did a comedy show at a, some weird Mexican restaurant in a strip mall on the pad. And we were on the, and there was some woman and her family, like there were, they had kids there and stuff and they were at the back and they were just talking and I made fun of them. And I said, like, do you have an accent? It sounded like she had a British accent, but I think she was just really hammered or something. <laughs> Oh no! And I was like, I, yeah, and I made some joke about it, and then she like stormed the stage and like slapped me in the face, and then like the the husband was being held back by like multiple people. <laughs> it was just like it was such a scene. And then the the guy who ran the show was like, "Here, I'll give you an extra like forty bucks." I'm sorry about that. I'm like, and I only did like, I only got to do like three minutes because this all happened. So I was like, oh, okay, really? cool. Oh my God. Maybe I should get slapped in the face every time. Again, <laughs> yeah, bonus, slap but... me again. Is it 40 per <laughs> yeah. slap or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so that was word. pretty wild. But last year we did, uh, you know, I started doing these comedy quote unquote protest shows in, in the park. So we had some interesting things happen doing the park shows, mostly just, you know, 
getting shut down by the cops okay, <laughs> or we <yeah>. had <laughs> we had some woke people come to the show and and like they kept trying to heckle and they kept trying to talk to me at the side of the show and they they kept being like why don't you want to talk to us is it not is it because you don't actually believe in free speech and you don't it's like so you have the free speech to go up there but you don't have the free it's like you know you're a psychopath like you don't know how things work like you don't do that like it's like we have the free speech to ruin everything it's like oh and then tomorrow they're they're trying to get rid of it those people so those those are the people the cops should have been arresting during this whole thing well those are the people that called the cops yeah yeah they actually legitimately came and they wouldn't they i wouldn't talk to them and i hired like security guys to i was like can you keep these crazy people away from me and they just kept trying to be like you you made a transgender joke and it's like i was like okay and they just wouldn't stop and then i started making fun of them while i was on stage and people were dying and people were just like loving it so hard because they were heckling and and then i guess they just got made fun of to the point where they're like we're calling the police and then they just called the police and we're like hello yes i'm in a park and there's an angry half jewish man yelling about trans people or you know, whatever they said and <laughs> the cops came and they were like yeah we gotta shut her down jeez that that's great. You had some of those uh, in Belleville, didn't you, Jody? There's uh, some events. Not not comedy shows. No, not comedy shows. There we had more. lots of uh, anti-lockdown rallies in our area for some reason. Probably because of our position on the 401 corridors, is easy access. But yeah, I wish I we think, had a comedy show. Yeah, I was gonna say that that would make it a lot more enticing. Well, this well, year people copied me. The one one guy helped me actually last year with the show and then he this year copied the idea did it in a park at a different park didn't book me and booked all the people that think i'm a terrible person yeah uh and i was like and then and then he reached out to me a couple weeks ago he goes hey uh how did you deal with those fines you got i was like (laughs) i was like wow you really do need daddy's help (laughs) and uh and it was ridiculous i was like why didn't you book me all summer like you helped me like every week last year. And he was like, well, we just decided that we were going to go the woke route because we were going to appease so that I can end up on CTV. And I was like, Oh Oh, my my word. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that is you, you did a disservice to comedy, my friend. And he knows it, but they, they have no, once they, once you go down that route, I said to him too, it's like, if you do one wrong move, all those woke people will never speak to you again. Oh yeah. The the revolution always eats. It's young, you know, there'll there'll be a time. Uh, ben Bankus, we're, we are out of time. I would like you to give our listeners a sense of how to, uh, you know, your website and, uh, you know, your sort of uh, commercial activity. Uh, give that to them so they can access your your material. For sure. Um, well, first and foremost, BenBankus.com has all the links to my social media, podcasts, everything else, YouTube. Um, but you can go follow me on Instagram at BenBankus, B-E-N-B-A-N-K-A-S, uh, BenBankus on Twitter, BenBankus Comedy on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and uh, we do comedy shows if you're in Toronto. Right now we're doing them every Friday at a place called the Annex Social. You can get tickets for that at BenBankus.com. And uh, check out the Ben Bankus podcast, which is on all platforms, uh, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Once again, the, all the links for that are on my website. Ben, before we let you go quickly, do you know who David Piccini is? Um, no, he's... you don't. He's a, he's a <laughs> politician in Ontario. But anyway, he was on our show. Six months after he was on our show, he was named 
Minister of the Environment for the province of Ontario. True story. Why am I telling, why am I telling you this? Because your career is about to go through the roof because you've been on our show. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> ben Bankus, Minister of Humor. Well, Lord knows we need I, that. I did a t- whole 180 and I just become evil and I'm like, no one is allowed to joke about anything now. And I just work for Teresa Tam. <laughs> That's right. You're Assistant Deputy Minister for Public Health, Ben Bankus. All right, Ben. <laughs> this is great, Thank man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate this. Excellent guest, Tony. And... Yeah, certainly someone that I would love to hear more from. I'm definitely, I got to admit, I wasn't following him before, but I'm going to be checking out some of his stuff. I quickly went through his Twitter feed and I was laughing. I don't know if you could tell, but I was laughing in the background a bit because he has this clip of John Tory talking about being vaccinated. Yeah, I'm not going to say much, but you've, maybe you've seen it. But I, I have seen it. it. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. He makes fun of John Tory. He makes fun of Doug Ford, <laughs> Teresa. Oh, yeah. Everybody. But that's that's comedy, man. It you is. Uh, I, I Listen, I had uh, Rick Mercer was merciless to me uh, when I was a yeah. politician. And you know what? I would reshare it. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with you 100%. And yet, you know, here we are in the midst of, you know, comedy where people are, you know, the woke side, as they call it, and wanting to cancel comedy and comedians. And, you know, what was it recently in Toronto? They didn't council agree that they're going to cancel a bunch of names of streets and and different things. It's just a weird, different time that we're in right now. And I don't know. It's uh, I, I appreciate what Ben is doing. So. Yeah, I think we need that. We need it for so many reasons. The one you yep. mentioned, the fact that we're we are going and have gone through COVID. You need to laugh. Like if we don't yeah. have an opportunity to laugh, even you know at ourselves or at our political leaders, uh, then we're just going to be more miserable. Uh, I really yeah, do you believe have that. To be able to laugh at yourself, and you know, I go back to Farley, and I was watching some of the documentary on him, and. You know, obviously he struggled with a lot of things and I think confidence, believe it or not, confidence, uh, um, some mental health issues, it it got to him. Again, I'm going on what was shared in the documentary from his friends, etc. But he was very self-deprecating in his humor approach and laughing at himself. And I I mean, maybe to the point where it wasn't healthy, but it's certainly Mm. like you got to be able to laugh at yourself, but you also got to be able to build yourself up too. So, I mean, I, I, I... I totally agree with what Ben is saying when, and what you're saying about, you know, and, and no, no, uh, has there, there has never been a time when we need to laugh more than right now. Agreed. I would say hundred percent. Yeah. So, I'm with you on uh, that. Uh, Speaking anyway, of laughter, other, go ahead. I want to thank sponsors. <laughs> but, so. Yeah. Well, no, but quickly, I had one little other story. Yeah. I want to share with you. Yeah, please. Um, did you see that music festival in the Netherlands? 20,000 people. Did you hear about this story? No. 20,000 people. The only way you could get in was you had to be fully vaxxed or you had to have proof of a negative test. Yes. And I haven't checked recently, but at last count, there was, I think, almost a thousand COVID cases from from the attendees. Yes. Well, that doesn't bode well for Chicago, no, where, where a lot of yeah. is going to be happening soon. No, with I know. I just thought it was like, people. I, I guess my point being that you're never, I mean, 
you, you, it's, I think it's impossible to keep it out. Unlike, well, it's at the Tokyo Olympics already. Yeah. They haven't even started anything, and uh, already there's cases amongst the athletes. So yeah, so yes, we, apparently COVID is with us, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks to Municipal Solutions, our presenting sponsor, John Mutton and the team. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And don't forget, looneypolitics.com. Our exclusive partnership with them continues. Use the code podcast. Year subscription, you have 50% off, and you'll have access to items that nobody else can see. Articles, videos, and exclusive podcasts. So check that out, looneypolitics.com. And Polytrack, your all-in-one advocacy management platform. Go to polytrackwithaq.com. And, of course, the Magnify Video Widget. Crisp, clear, secure video collaboration. MagnifywithanI.io. All right, Tony, we will do this again in seven days. Fantastic, man.